not only Shonon Mali, but for, uh, the, even the Brazilian guy, Poatan, there's so many guys that are so big for the weight class. Uh, like before, few years before, let's say uh, TJ Dillashaw was the champion. Yeah. He was not so big. He was no. not too big. But even him was caught by steroids, you know, so. You know, UFC now goes from USADA to Drug Free Sports International. What do you think about that? I think they're going to have more control, you know, like. Um, Did you like USADA? Yeah, yeah. I used to like USADA. USADA, uh, you, they, they used to be very democratic with the fighters, you know. I think uh, they, I mean, John uh, Anderson Silva got caught. He was suspended. John Jones was suspended. How's it going, man? How have you been? Good? Been good. And you? Good, man. We're good here. Just talking a little MMA. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, obviously, it's been a few months, man, since we saw you last in action. What have you been up to in this time, man? Enjoying life, training. T talk to me, man. How's how's it been for you? Enjoying life, uh, training, getting back to high training sessions, getting back to get ready for a, a training camp. After my last fight, I had to heal a few injuries that I have been accumulating over the years. And I, at one point, I considered retired, but I decided that uh, I'm gonna, I still gonna do it, still gonna fight. And when was this you were considering retirement, Ronnie? Um, I think uh, uh, when I. Uh, I was scheduled to fight Cody Garbrandt. I had a very serious injury in my neck, you know, was, and this injury was a hernia, you know, a hernia in my neck, and was really affecting my daily life. I was sleeping two hours a night for, for like a week. And, my, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I was feeling so much pain through my arm, and... And I was doing everything to to get back to normal, and and nothing was helping me, you know. And I had to, so I was pulled out of the fight. Uh, the doctor put me out of the fight, gave the me Cody a, fight. The Cody fight gave me a steroid back, and after that, I started to feel to feel better. Start to do physical therapy. And I really thought about to stop, you know, because at that point I already had that uh, over forty fights and twenty years in in the sport, so I really considered that. Uh, but uh, you know, this is what I do. This is what uh, I still love to do. I still dedicate uh, most of my hours in the day doing that, and I and I still feel that. I have some more fights to do. Is it just your love of the sport, I guess, or is it also the combination of you just feeling better and now you sort of reconsidered? Like, or do you feel 100% now? Because obviously the neck can be a very serious injury. How do you feel today? Uh, about the neck, I learned how to deal with it. I learned how to recover my strength. I know my limits as well. You know, something that... Uh, 
I need to work it on with physical therapy and, and uh, strength no and conditioning. No, I didn't need a surgery. In the future, I might need, but not now. Now it's not necessary. But uh, the way it was, it was like uh, pressing the the ver vertebrates. It was pressing way too much, you know. So was uh, after uh, rehab, I was able to earn a little space between the harness, and I started to feel better, you know. And yeah, yeah it, it's, it's not only the love of the sport, but it's like you said, the combination of many factors, you know. Uh, I still, I'm still on the contract with the UFC. UFC is the biggest show in the planet. So, no doubt, yeah. You know, uh, I still want to do it. And, and I still have the desire, still have the fire on me to do it. That's you the know? important so, part. That's the most important. I agree with you. I agree. You know, the game uh, is very mental, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very mental. Very mental, yes. So, I just need some needed some time to restructure myself, you know, which is something that I'm still doing it. You know, uh, very soon I'll be uh, I'll be ready to go yeah, to go and jump in a training camp. I mean, you brought up the forty fights, right? You've been in the UFC since 2011. That's almost 13 years, right? That alone is a huge accomplishment. Did you see yourself still fighting in the UFC? 13 years later, when you were back there in 2011, would you have ever imagined being here still? Not really, man. Sometimes <laughs> I feel that fighting is like a, it's some sort of a, a karma, a good karma in my life, you know, because uh, at that point, uh, even before I got to the UFC, yep. I was already considering stop, you know, because you had a lot uh, of fights I, there. Yeah, at that point, I already had 21 pro fights, and I was starting to to uh, I started to feel uh, some uh, uh, some consequences of, uh, from the sport. The first consequence, like concussion, uh, too much weight cut, a few injuries. I had to go through surgery in my in my elbow, in my knee. Yeah. So, so uh, 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 and then. Uh, a few months later, I started to think about that. UFC announced that they were going to merge the WC fighters. That's right, yeah. And then, and then I had the opportunity to fight in UFC. But if it wasn't for that, if we still was still WC or any other show, uh, I probably uh, probably I wouldn't be fighting anymore. So wow, because of the UFC, I thought, man, I got to that point already, so I, I can I cannot. I can't stop now. It's like when you see when you it's like when you walk in the desert for many days and then you see a lake with water, you know? Right. It's, it's <laughs> fin finally, finally is my time. So uh, so when you see the lake in the water, you, you don't you decide, no, I'm not gonna die now. I'm gonna walk a little more. So I, I had the same feeling, you know, because UFC was a dream for for all of us, you know. How much have you noticed? Because again, you you just spoke about you know your longevity in the UFC. How much have you noticed the UFC has changed since you started to now? It's changed a lot, right? Yeah, changed so much. Changed so much. First, yeah. uh, one thing was about um, I, I remember when I started. They have uh, that huge meetings that they they 
they used to do with the fighters, like they that they bring all the fighters in the to have a to have meetings there. And when I was there, everybody was talking about steroids. Everybody in the sport, I would say ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight percent at that time. It was like a rule for them. They they were on steroids, you know. Everyone you you would talk, they wouldn't express themselves like uh like like uh they, they wouldn't say, hey, I'm using steroid or anything like that. But when you have like a a, a confidential talk with a coach or a fighter and talking about someone's teammate, they say, Oh, that guy does it, that guy does it. We need you need to do that, you need to use that. I said, so I said, man, I'm part of the two percent that don't do it. So this is one thing, you know. Yuzada uh, came to the game; it's one big change, you know. The yeah. other big change, I think, was the sponsorship, the Reebok sponsorship. Now Venom, but at that time, you still could use the any sponsorship you wanted, you know. That was and, a big hit. That was a big hit for the fighters, right? Yeah, it's a very big hit. Yes. And uh, another thing was how the sport grew internationally, you know, like uh, uh, was earning, was gaining a uh, space all over the world. So many Absolutely. countries that at that time we would never, would never expect, like China, for example, Sweden. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Even Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, even Brazil, man. even Brazil, like... Uh, because in 2011 was the first time they went back to Brazil and then they sport ex exploded here, you know, in Brazil again, you know, like people knew Anderson Silva, but not the, the, the very big media, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, but, and if we talk about techniques, but talk about training, um, uh, 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 a training method, method, methodology, methodology, you know, uh, it has been changed so much, you know. Things that we used to do at that time is totally overrated now. It's totally, you know, uh, it, it passed, you know. It, the sport, MMA, changed so much. Things that you do now, like I, that, that things that we used to do like a year ago is already... It's gone. Like in, in strange condition, for example, the, the way we used to train like five years ago, we don't do the way we used to do anymore. No, I remember like in sparring sessions, we used to do like six rounds, you know, because we think that we if we're going to fight for three rounds, we need to do six rounds. Okay. And, the, and that was the the rightest thing to do in the world at that time, you know? Yeah. The, the people who was not uh, doing that type of training was not was not doing right, you know? And that was right at the time. And then after that became an era where you have to, uh, you cannot injure yourself. You cannot overtrain. Why are you going to do six rounds in, in uh, sparring if you're going to fight three? You cannot spread your energy, your your stamina for six rounds. You gotta uh, put the, the intensity in all three rounds. You know, so all those things. Yeah, a hundred percent. And thank you for explaining all that. I think that was a very in depth analysis. Of how much the UFC's changed.
And I, I got to agree with all those things, right? As far as the division that you're in right now, how much do you feel that's changed over the years? Uh, yeah, he, he also he also changed. Uh, very, obviously, very... I'm thinking you got a guy like O'Malley now at the top of the division, right? Who many people maybe never thought would have even been champion. It, mm. it feels like a drastically different place now. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna uh, talk about one very big change that sure. was not about the only my division, but my division it, it can represent what I'm gonna say. You know was the size difference of the fighters, you know? It changed so much. And the fighters now, they cut they cut a lot more weight than they used to do before, you know? Um, uh, uh, for example, many people, I used to fight a featherweight. I used to cut weight to fight a featherweight at yeah. 45, you know? That's crazy. Now people come to me and say, Hey man, you need to go to flyweight to 125 because I'm one of the smallest guy in my divisions. Uh, when talk about height, you just you know? fought a guy with the biggest reach in the division. <laughs> yeah, correct, exactly. So O'Malley also represents that he's uh, very tall, uh, long reach. So mm -hmm. he represents that people. Uh, people cuts more and more weight over the years. This is something that um, if you think if you I think if you ask any fighter if they they have to change something in the sport if they want to change something in the sport would be the weight cut thing because over the years they cut more and more weight and after the UFC made the decision I think in 2016 the Athletic Commission made the decision actually but influenced by the UFC to to have the weight to the weighing in the morning the morning weighing uh because they before we used to wait at four o'clock in the afternoon on the day before and then now we wait at nine nine a.m in the morning you know nine in the morning so what does that mean that they get the the fight is have more time to recover the weight. So sure. they get even bigger in the fight. This is another aspect, another change, you know. And I think uh, Sean O'Malley, not only Sean O'Malley, but uh, the, even the Brazilian guy, Poitain, there's so many guys that are so big for the weight class. Uh, like before, few years before, let's say TJ uh, Dillashaw was the champion. Yeah. He was not so big. He was no. not too big, but even him was cut by steroids, you know? So, yeah, those were, were the changes. And one thing I was going to ask you about that I did forget was the uh, the change about USADA, because I, I know that you did bring up the drug testing, and I, this slipped my mind. I, I meant to ask you this for the last question, but what do you think about the change now, right? I, I forget the name. I got it here. For, you know, UFC now goes from USADA to Drug Free Sports International. What do you think about that? I think they're going to have more control, you know, like... Um, Did you like USADA? Yeah, yeah. I used to like USADA. You, USADA, uh, you, they, they used to be very democratic to, with the fighters, you know. I think uh, they, I mean, John uh, Anderson Silva got caught. He was suspended. John Jones was suspended. 
who else? Many, many big names. Dillashaw yeah. was suspended, you know? Right. And it doesn't matter if they were champions or not, you know? I'm not sure that's going to happen with this agency. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, when I saw that, at first, I thought, man, this is a step back for the UFC. You know? I heard one guy, you know, who knows, he's an athlete from another sport, and he told me that this drug-free agency is more severe, is even more severe than, than USADA, but it was only one guy who talked about that. So I don't really know what to, to expect at this moment. Yeah, I don't know too much about this new drug uh, testing agency either, so I was curious to get your thoughts on that. So as far as your next fight, when do you think you'll come back? Maybe 2024 or something like that? Yeah, 2024. The plan is 24, first semester of 2024, maybe April, May. Am I? Yeah, 2024, definitely. And we talked about the, you know, your sort of your mortality in MMA and how you were facing that, right? When you didn't know if you wanted to retire or not a couple of years ago, right? Um, I think you said something interesting, something along the, on the, along the lines of you're not ready to put the donkey in the shade quite yet, right? How much uh -huh, longer yeah. do you see yourself fighting? How many more years do you think? Obviously, it's hard to put a number, but do you see at least maybe a couple more years at least? I will say, yeah, I'll say a couple more years. Okay, couple so more you're not years. taking it like oh. fight by fight or anything, right? No, I think fight by fight. I okay. have to think fight by fight. You know, I, I cannot, uh, at this point, I cannot think uh, two way ahead, you know, like... I need to give my best in my in my next fight, you know. That's yeah. why I'm taking the time I'm taking, you know, because I, I want to be at my very best. If, if I think that I'm going to do five fights, six, ten more fights, I know maybe I, I'm not going to do my very best in my next one because I'm going to think, no, my next one is just one more. Right. But uh, I, I, I'd rather take fight by fight now because from now on, every single fight I have, is very important. You know, every single day, every single training session I have is very important for me right now. I'm very curious. What are your goals still in the UFC at this point, at this stage in the game? Like, you know, again, what was it, 13 years in almost? Do you have any goals still in the company that you are looking to achieve? Um, My goal is to win. To win my, my next fights. That's, okay. that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. I, I taking a fight by fight. Yeah, uh, after my last fight, uh, before my last fight, uh, I was in a, I was in a two win streak, and I was supposed to fight Cody Gabbard, which was a former champion. At that point, I still had the dream to fight for a title because with two win streak, and then if I had beat Cody. Yeah, we spoke about that. I think it was like a year ago, maybe. I think you came on. We were talking about it coming up, and it was a big fight for you, yeah. Yeah, it was a big fight. So that would put me in a good position, like, to eventually be ranked and and escalate the, the rank and fight for a title. Was I a still had path. that. Yeah, I still had that achievement. After my last fight, I got knocked out. I had to take some time. I uh, from training, so I start to have a clear vision uh, uh, from from outside per perspective. And I thought to, right. to myself, I am 38 now. I was 30, 38 at the time. 
I didn't fight for the title for all these years. Um, so now I'm not in my prime. I'm definitely not in my prime. So I'm not going to fight for the title now. And I, and this is something that I have to work mentally because if not, if, uh, because my whole life I was looking to be the number one in the world on what I was doing. If I was compete, competing in a local jiu-jitsu tournament when I was a child, I was doing that because someday I was going to compete. I was going to try to become a world champion in jiu-jitsu. If I was doing a, a local grappling tournament, it's because sometime I would become a, a world champion in the, the ADCC. And the same thing in UFC. If I was fighting the prelims, it doesn't matter. Each single fight I had, I was thinking about that one day I would be, was a major goal that I had to become a champion. So it was a huge change in my mindset that, uh, and it was hard to me to accept that how I, I gonna fight if I don't and try to win if I don't have the desire to become a world champion, you know. So this is something that I'm still working on it, you know, to mentally to to be prepared to because that is is something new for me, you know. Yeah, I hope you're able to get that you know resolved and you know find resolve on that again. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least you were a champion in many facets. Like you won the eight ADCC, which is among one of the hardest things to do in all of mixed martial arts, right? I mean, that that to win something like that is insane. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the way I won that tournament was like one of the happiest days in my life. It's a huge uh, achievement. It's, it's yeah, very prestigious. Yeah, yeah, like for competition, you know, I I had a. Four battles, four wars to to become a champion, and you know it was a dream that I achieved. Definitely a, a dream since that since I started in the sport. And I see the shirt, man. Obviously, you're still repping American Top Team, still training at American Top Team. I would imagine. How are things now those days? You know, how are things these days in the gym? You know, obviously, the talent that goes through there is unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. It, it, uh, it's definitely the very best team in the world so many formations so many uh every day i'm there i learn a new thing right now i live in i live in brazil i go yep. there just to do my training camp my manager is dan lambert the owner of american top team my head coach is still conan silvera right now i'm in brazil uh because i live here you know and but i can say that that is the very best team in the world, definitely. What's the secret? And, <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, there, there are many factors, you know, definitely sure. many factors. But one one thing that I'm going to mention today uh, is about um, the lack of ego you know, that they have to, the coaches have to put themselves there because it, it, ATT is not only a team, it's a, it's a, it's a multi, multi-team, you know, like they're, they're not like one striking coach, there are five striking coaches. Right. There, you know, there are three wrestling coaches, three BJJ coaches, you know, and then yeah. you make your team inside the team, you know, so 
because of that, the level gets so high, you know, you know, is because um, you you don't get to the uh, the competition environment where you're gonna spy, you're gonna fight with another guy like a, a, a some Russian guy who's living there. You're not gonna spy with the guy and fight with the guy, no. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the coach know how to manage the training. There is no weak on, on that aspect. And everyone there wants to see you win, you know. If the Japanese guy who doesn't train with you win, it's good for the team. You know, like if the the, the other guy who is in your weight class also wins, also good for you. So right. I think it's that uh, how they manage the, their egos is, is very important too. They, they're very su successful by doing that. I mean, a big team like that with so many fighters, and I don't see like uh, any uh, like many teams who last for way too long like them performing their the their level that they are, you know. Yeah. And the I mean, other secret it blows is me away with Dan Lambert's been able to do there. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is Dan Lambert, man. His love for the sport, you know. He he invests on the sport. He he invests on that. So he's the other secret. Yeah, absolutely. Great fighters, you know, great infrastructure, all that. It's it's exciting to see, you know, what could even be next in the future as they continue to get better, bring in more fighters. But nonetheless, Ronnie, th thank you so much for joining us, man. It was nice to catch up with you. Obviously, you don't have a fight going on right now, so we don't have to dive into anything like that. But nonetheless, it's good to see that you're doing well. Um, I'm glad you've been able to cope on the mental, physical aspect. But thanks for joining us, man.